So locally, we are like, okay, you know, we have certain foundation yep. that, that we are very thankful for. Yep. Then that is where uh, my team and I saw the news of like uh, a regional uh, player is entering to Singapore. So to me, it's like, wow, that's the first time that I truly understand competition from overseas. And that made you quiver in your shoes? I got quite worried. And then my team and I was like, you know, let's, let's, let's try to talk to them and see how it goes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like, what's there to lose, right? I mean, True. if you can't beat them, I'll well join them, right? Hello and welcome to episode five of CEOs Confess, where it's our mission to uncover the successful business owners and founders based in Southeast Asia. And today I have Kent Teo. Thank you, Kent, for joining us today. Hi. And uh, Kent is CEO and founder of Invade Group of Companies. Uh, in, and in fact, last year, Group of Companies made over $5 million um, just last year, right? And uh, he's doing absolutely what he loves. So, Kent, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Kevin. Thank you. Great. Yeah. Um, so, for the people that have never heard about Kent, mm. um, who is Kent? Um, and what exactly is it that you do? Okay. Um, I am homegrown business. Bootstrap started 10 years ago, right? So, Invade is a space activation company. So, we activate spaces of potential, right? So, from events to retail spaces to commercial spaces, we come, we develop a, a series of concepts to occupy those spaces, right? So it's a bit vague, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. And so there's a there's a group of companies, right? So there's a few in there. Yeah. Um, which one did you start off with and, and when did that actually start? I first started in 2010. Okay. So it was just a naive idea of like organizing flea markets. Flea markets? Yes, flea markets. So so I started like, uh, hey, I think it's interesting, you know, the whole buying and selling things, getting your own products and then, you know, reach out to your audience and stuff like that. Then that is where I started to organize my flea markets. Started from there, right? So from there, that is where we venture into, you know, uh, organizing larger flea markets, you know, just to hyper-focus on what we are trying to do here, right? And then that is where we slowly branch out into many, many different things. I see, I see. Yeah. And, and in total, the group of companies is how many in total? In total, we have about three companies uh, right now, mainly doing uh, revolving around uh, retail spaces, commercial spaces and event spaces. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So you've built like little ecosystem of vertical or horizontal integrations. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, so with each and every um, businesses, we see how we can integrate, right? So from flea markets, we actually venture into like pop-up stores, festivals, co-working spaces, so and so forth. There's plenty of it. So over these past 10 years, we have been venturing and exploring different kinds of opportunities. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. And so 10 years, uh, it's, it's quite, a, quite a long time uh, yeah. doing, I guess, in a, in a similar space, right? What's one word you would use to describe your journey for the past 10 years? Uh, one word, uh, oh, I think that would be... I think it's insane. Yeah, I think I think that that will be the word insane, Ins right? Because insane? yes, insane. Like uh, it has been a. There's a lot of ups and downs through these ten years, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not as if we are backed by what millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. It's a bootstrap company started from zero, 
started yeah. from nothing. Then how do we like look out for next next cash flow, rentals to pay, etc., etc. Right. So so I would say it has been an insane journey. Yeah. Okay. So help me to understand a little bit. How did you actually get to where you are today? I know you say you've been doing it for ten years. Yes. Flea markets was the first thing activating spaces. Correct. What was the first door that or place that you actually activated? I think I will say one of the breakthrough. I will say right. So okay. we 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 organized flea markets and whatnot. I think the first breakthrough, our mini achievement, is we become the kind of like a term uh, flea market organizer in Scape. Scape. Yes. Okay. So when Scape first started. Yes. Uh, back in 2010, 2011, they have this like underground kind of like event space uh, that, you know, skate was like, saying, hey, uh, this is a space where, you know, skaters are like skating. Uh, we thought that it's underutilized. Do you have any plans or any thoughts or any ways that you want to activate um, this underground space? There is no aircon, no lights. Uh, no ventilation. Right. So we're like saying, oh, OK, yeah, we, let's let's organize flea market over here. Right. You just said let's organize and you what yeah. you approached Scape, like the, the space owners? Yes. So so because I think back in twenty ten, uh it's not as though flea market is a very, very popular thing. Uh, everybody was saying that flea market is like, you know, not not good for image, you know, it's <laughs> ugly, it's unsightly. Right. So so we have to back borrow still. We have to go to each and every landlord and shopping mall and say that can you please let us organize flea market? Right. So so that was the one of the first breakthrough that Scape say that okay, if you want to there's actually a space um, at underground yeah. that is underutilized. Um, try something over here. So yeah. you had to beg, borrow and steal to use an underground space. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that, that was pretty much that, that kind of situation that we had uh, 10 years ago. And and what what made you have the, the conviction to, to go and do that, right? Like, I mean, how many times were you rejected? I think we sent to a lot of email, uh, a lot of emails to a lot of landlords. Uh, it's just new reply, or they they will just say, "Oh, you know what? One week is like seven thousand dollars for such a small atrium space. You want you can you can do your roadshow or you do your bazaars. They call it bazaars over here. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know what? We are we are not we are not free to entertain you, right? So I think we sent to a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, pretty much the the whole of Singapore's shopping malls and 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 landlords, right? We get rejected a lot, a lot of times. It's only when um scape uh, downtown East is one of the first few landlords that open up to the idea right. and I'm really really very thankful for them to slowly explore the idea of like a flea market yeah, yeah. and then so this was your very first gig yes. right um, and you had no prior experience to this no so it's just like fresh out of like uh, university I was like thinking uh, what to do next and then I was like okay yeah, let's let's organize events so starting it was like an intention of like trying to organize events right so no prior experience like yeah. just any type of event, like clubbing event or? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, we were like thinking, oh, should we organize futsal? Should we organize like birthday parties? What should we do, right? That is where, okay, then there's this flea market events that happened in uh, SIM back, back then. It was like, eh, hey, quite cool. You know, uh, rent, renting out of tables, then people buy and sell. I like the whole vibrancy and the, the, the economics of it. So, so that is where I was thinking maybe the first event can be a flea market event. Yeah, uh, and so you just touching a word there like there's um it's quite cool there's lots of different stores lots of different things happening at the same time correct correct um I, i've never run a flea market before <laughs> um but shed some light here like what does it take to actually run for for you escape what was it like to run escape like what was the logistics like so I think it's quite crazy. You have to do everything from scratch, right? It's not as if you have existing infrastructure mm. because usually, typically, uh, you know, when you have a space, uh, usually it's like not fitted out. Meaning to say there isn't like 
proper lightings, furnitures, uh, power, you know, or fans or ventilation, right? It's, it's just a space. So it's up to you to bring in your own logistics, right? So the operations side of things, the logistics arrangement is from scratch, right? You have to move the tables and chairs yourself. You know, the contractor will just supply you the tables and chairs. Uh, Dump it by the roadside. <laughs> yeah, by the roadside. Then you have to like move in yourself, set it out. Uh, the lights, you have to put it out. And if, if you want to get people into your event, you have to like give out flyers, then, oh, yeah, yeah. To, to 2010, no social media, right? Yeah, yeah, 2010, it's like social media is like not there yet. Yeah, so so that is where we have to give out flyers and, and, and like kind of like, you know, tell everybody that, hey, there's a flea market inside, Skip, come and join us and stuff like that. And did a lot of people ask you what was a flea market though? Because you said, I mean, back then it was not a very well-known kind of thing either. Uh, it's, it's not popular. Okay. Uh, it's not a popular thing in the sense that it's not popular among the landlords. Yep. But among the teenagers, uh, generally people like to shop at all these kind of like flea markets. So back then, the competition is actually very, very strong. I didn't say that, but competition was actually very, very strong. There were a lot of flea market organizers. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, 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 so that is where people know that there's flea markets, but it's just that uh, in terms of the landlords, they, are, they don't really welcome the idea of a flea market. Mm, okay. And so, uh, Scape, you were in an underground space. Um, how long were you actually running uh, Scape for? I think we, we, we run for close to two years, right? Okay. Uh, from like once a month. All right, we have like 10, 20 stores till at the, at the peak, we run every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 100 over stores. Every weekend, house. every weekend, 100 over stores. Yes, 100 over stores every weekend. So we, we work with a lot of like bloggers, uh, blog shop, you know, back then, blog shop owners yep. and whatnot. They come in and like sell their clothes and, and, and all those. So that's how we actually gather our like database, oh. uh, know who are our customers, right? And, and then, you know, from from selling secondhand clothes then there's people like selling their brand new items their handmade items that is like we, we know that hey beyond flea market there's actually a lot more kind of like different type of micro businesses out there mm. yeah. yeah so you started to build up a database of these micro bloggers and yes i guess back then i'm not sure if they would call them influencers <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, yeah i think so yeah twitter twitter yes twitter was big yeah. back then right yes yes um so you start to build up this database do you still keep in contact with any of these yeah you yeah do? yeah i think i think one of our first um uh supporter is uh choo choo uh her, her instagram handle is a uh, bon choo choo right. right so i think it's like close to three hundred thousand followers now wow yeah so she has been very very supportive of our events so i'm very very thankful that she was one of the first few uh influencer that that really support us uh since day one right yeah since and, day and one. so like, how important are these relationships i think it's very very important because it's a quite a close-knitted kind of community back then right and then uh from from there we we, we always talk la, like say hey come uh, come you have any second-hand clothes come and sell <laughs> yeah show them la, like or any like charity drive you know they, because she was like raising funds for i think the cats welfare society or something like that then then he was like selling calendars and whatnot yeah then she also got her her other groups of like uh influencer friends yeah to join yeah so that's how we kind of like grow in numbers like mm. you know they, they thought that it escaped underground it was hot and humid but then it was cool right so then that's how we actually build up our popularity right and so you were there for two years yes. and you were underground the whole time or like did you ever outgrow that space or what happened yeah, so I think uh, we managed to like BD the space up. Like you know, they, they, they escape management was saying, wow, it's actually a, a underutilized space that they can convert it into something proper. So that is where they, they developed this DBS skate underground mm. to get all these uh, pop-up 
uh, retail shop to occupy, then unfortunately we have to be shifted elsewhere. Right? You, you had to be shifted else, elsewhere. Yeah. So so they say that hey, can't um we have a space at level four, right? Where it's like all the dancers are like practicing their dance, right? Do you want to organize your flea markets on level four, right? So to us it was like. Well, not as if we have any other choice. <laughs> that is where we say, okay, let's let's go up and explore. And how long were you on level four I, for? I think over, I think one year. I think one year. Okay, so, so half underground and half of yeah, the time. Yeah, so from 2010 to 2012, that is where we first started and grow our ecosystem or, or community. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then, um, so two years uh, in Scape, what was the next, um, or did you end up, I'm, I'm assuming you left. Yeah. yeah Why yeah. did you leave? There's some misalignment in expectations. So, so, so for as in misalignment within the company. No, or? like with Escape. So Escape oh. was like saying that um, there is like kind of like attracting the wrong audience, right? Uh, t- at the tail end of the kind of like our activation. So they were like saying, hey, uh, maybe it's not suitable anymore. Mm. So let's explore like putting a pause or like. Yeah, we see know, how it a, goes. A pause for there. indefinite time. <laughs> <laughs> putting in a nice way, lah. Putting in a nice way, lah. So, so, so. Unfortunately, we had to leave Scape uh, around twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty twelve. And at this time, how many people were in the team? Can't really remember, but I think less than five of us. Yeah, less than five. Just, just and, and five of us. How did that make everybody feel like if you were just like ushered out the door? I think it's a bit, a bit uh, demoralizing, like uh, because we were one, like one of the pioneers, right? So to like build up the flea market from like 10 stores to 100 stores every mm. weekend. So it was a bit sad, a bit sad, but then um, it has to be that way. Uh, we understand where they are coming from. Totally understand where they are coming from. So, but then it caught us it uh, like kind of like uh, off guard in that way yeah. because it's bootstrap, right? So we rely on like all these events to to get our cash flow going and stuff like that. So back then it was like quite a major um, challenge uh, for us to to consider what's the next step to take, right? Mm. Because uh, everybody relies on on that that project, right? It's not as if we have other major project that we can rely on. Mm. So so that was one of our first um, hurdle that we have to jump across and what did you do like to get across this this so, hurdle so I, I don't i don't know uh is it like opportunity or what so we we have a someone that wrote in and said that hey we really love your your flea markets a lot and and we have a underutilized space in lucky plaza right so uh, it's about close to nine thousand square feet of space right it's, it's pretty huge right they say that do you want to explore then we were like saying, uh, where is it? So it's, they, they were saying it's at, at level six of Lucky Plaza. It's the highest floor. Right. Yeah. If people, if everyone knows, right, uh, Lucky Plaza, the main retail activity is from basement to level four. Right. Then there is this medical suite uh, taking up the entire level five. So level six is like a, nobody will go because it's like just block off already. Right. So it's a, quite a, like I would say, Ulu space la, that they, they, they offer us and say that, are you keen? So to me, it's like, I, like why not right not as if I have a choice let's let's try and see how how can we like bring bring activity to a level six yeah. lucky plaza corner space yeah and, and just for everyone who's who's watching ulu kind of means like in the middle of nowhere like deserted yeah. kind of space right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay and so you said that um it was just by chance that someone had called you correct um how did that make you feel right like and and, and how what what was the time frame from being ushered out to someone actually calling you and where was your headspace at when 
you know, during this waiting period? <laughs> I, I think I think we were only left with um, less than one month notice. Wow. Uh, yeah. How long uh, did so, they give you? Um, for you mean for vision? As in like for for them the you said skate. one yeah yeah skate, skate. Yeah. we only have like less than one month notice. Okay. To to exit our skate completely. Okay. So that is where the 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 inquiry came in uh, from from this uh property company that they are managing that that 9000 square feet of space at, at Lucky Plaza right so we were like okay uh, let's explore uh, and see how it goes right of course i never tell him that we were ending our 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 collaboration at Skate already. Oh, yeah. so you didn't tell him at yeah, all yeah i didn't tell him I just say that it, we are just trying to explore a second location uh, to, yeah. to to expand right yeah to but, expand yeah. yeah obviously you don't want to let them know you're desperate for <laughs> yeah, space. yeah 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 <laughs> so so he was like very very excited and then that is where we look at the space is is quite uh, quite nicely done up for a flea market setting mm. there's a lot of partitions they they try to be like the the next Sheerans right so it's at Lucky Plaza level 6 9,000 square feet there's a lot of partition I think 100 over 100 over stores uh, from, from the partition build up yeah yeah 100 over stores already kind of like set in there for you so that means your setup was halved you didn't have to spend the time doing the setup compared yeah. to Scape correct correct so, so it's like with all the partition lights air cons electrical point everything's done so it was like oh wow it's not bad uh, <laughs> blessing in disguise yeah blessing in disguise well at least i didn't say i, I give up right uh, any point of time thankfully there's this opportunity that pop up along the way mm. so so we, we we did it we we, we go into it yeah and, and you said thankfully you didn't give up mm-hmm. what what would have been the ramifications if you did throw in the towel um i i i think that at, along the way, right, there are a lot of checkpoints, right, yeah. to say that, hey, um, do you still want to continue doing, right? Um, As in, like, you internally, you were thinking this? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Okay. I was thinking, like, like, should we, right? Because it's like, it seems like it's quite a daunting journey in that way, right? Because there's a mm. lot of organizers, uh, plenty of space, uh, plenty of competition, a lot of landlords don't want you to be around, right? So why are you still continuing doing what you're doing? Right, so so we were like, um, yeah, that 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 was time. There were there there were like checkpoints along the way that um, should we continue doing it? Right, and but that was all external factors, mm. people, but in and intern and that it, it impacted you internally. Um, internally within the company, um, or just for yourself, even right? Because, I mean, it's very common these days. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are trying to start their own business thinking about going into different careers and things like this. Mm. And it's very common, right? Because I think they call it the the, the crab in the bucket kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, if all the crabs are together in the bucket, someone who wants to try and get out, they'll always try and pull you back, mm-hmm. right? Okay. They'll always try and pull you back. Okay. And that's what it kind of sounds like yeah. here. Are people were telling you all the time, like, yeah, there's so much bad press here. Correct, correct. So th- there are a lot of, like maybe my family members, for example, they were saying that, I, I, like they, they are just worried for me like they say like, is it too tough they saw the struggle like every day is like 16 hours of like replying emails and replying emails because back then there is no automation right we had to reply every mm. inquiry that wants a booth space so every night I'm working till 3-4am so mm. they were like worried for my health worried for my well-being they say that hey if it's so tough, don't do it anymore. Just just go and find a job lah and stuff. So so that that that's out of concern, out of love. My my family members were saying, maybe don't do it anymore. Yeah. Did that push you further though? Uh, that, As in, 
motivate you more? Kind of, kind of. Yes, you are right. So, so, so kind of like motivates me further. So I, I'm very thankful for their, their like concern. But it's just that I, I'm not prepared to give up as yet. I, I do see a lot of potential. I do see a lot of opportunities. Let me try. Let me try. I, I told them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so um, level six, Lucky Plaza, you had to deal with a different type of landlord. What was that experience like? And I mean, you've got 9,000 square feet now. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like for you as the organizer of this this flea market? So so it, it kind of like, uh, like kind of like shit got real in the sense that, right? <laughs> because it's like, hey, we are going to property, real estate, tenancy agreement and, and, and whatnot, right? Oh, you so, didn't have to sign any of that before? Uh, before, it's just more like casual space, right? Event space agreement. Kind, right? like, so kind of like a handshake. Yeah. So it's more like a, you know, we, you rent it for a day kind of thing. So I so see. you don't have to worry so much about, you know, the recurring costs and, and whatnot. So so going to Lucky Plaza is a different ball game, Kind of like level up in a sense, right? Um, so we didn't know we are renting from a master tenant who is renting from a landlord. So we are considered a sub-tenant of right. sorts. Yeah, okay. we, I mean, I don't know all these terms until... Of course, you do it, right? Yep. So, so we were like occupying 3,000 square feet out of the 9,000 square feet of space. Uh-huh. Right? So we were like, okay, uh, let's let's organize flea market. So back then, I, I, I didn't know that um, I'm a subtenant, but but I know that I, I just want to organize flea markets over there. Yeah. Right. And so you became a subtenant of 3,000 square feet. Yeah. And I mean, you you have all these different stores as well, right? Correct. So... What was that kind of like managing, I guess, you say 100, 100 stores? Yeah. What was that like for you? And you, you basically became a landlord yourself. Yeah, mini landlord, right? So so I, I think it's a lot of uh, vendor management. I mean, because you're dealing with fellow Singaporeans, right? So so I think I think the challenges are there. Every weekend, you really have to burn your weekends just to be there to, you know, vend, uh, manage the vendors or conflicts, you know, uh, the table is too near to my table and stuff like <laughs> that. So every little things, right? Um, because it's not as though you have only one stakeholder. That means you have hundred yeah, stakeholders, no matter 100. how big or, or small. Yeah. Right. Then you have to attend to each and every of their inquiry. Hey, how come no crowd? How come? How come so crowded? Or even like good crowd, bad crowd also have things to say. <laughs> like, you know that kind of thing. So so that is how we like uh, every weekend we have just just keep grinding and grinding and grinding and grow, right? So so to a point whereby. The sub tenant got like uh, the, our our master tenant was like saying, oh you are you are doing quite 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 well you know can do you want more space and more space yeah so that that was the period, and so l- let me get this right, you got in there as a sub tenant yeah, you had to manage all these people yeah, all these different store owners, conflicts, moving tables two millimeters <laughs> side yeah. by side yeah that type of experience. Would you be able to get that from anywhere else? I don't think so, right? Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't think so. I think it's quite a unique. Um, I'll I'll say that unique. Uh, experience, right? Um, because everything you have to like do by yourself. Of course, you can hire part timers and everything, but um, you, you know best your business, right? So you have to be more hands on, uh, to keep it going. Do you think that's super important, like as a business owner, to be like really hands on with your business? Because I know there are some business owners who, you know, they might have some money, and they um, say, "Hey, look, I've got some money 
you know, I, I know you're interested in doing this. I know you have a passion for this. Yeah. Let me give you some money and go start yeah. a business or yeah. go start a store, yeah. or go start a restaurant, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they don't work that well because the, the, let's just say the investor has no idea what's actually happening. Correct, correct. Do you so, think that's important? I, I think it's very important, right? That, that is uh, number one rule, right? If bootstrap and everything, um, you have to do it yourself. Uh, you have to, you know, learn the ropes, everything by yourself. Uh, otherwise, at the end of the journey, of the, like maybe like people like smoking you or fluffing you also don't know, much, right? <laughs> yeah. So everything hands on, I think that is very, very important, right? right? Uh, then that is where you know that, uh, hey, this can be done this way, right? Or that can be do, uh, done that way, right? And most importantly is because you are hands on, right? That is where I think it, it really kind of like job that kind of creativity, and, and, and entrepreneurship spirit in you. That is where you call yourself an entrepreneur, yeah. right? Where you like need to find creative ways to solve certain problems, right? right? So these are all opportunities, right? I, I say a lot of times like business works best in the gray area, <laughs> right? I mean, that is where opportunities are, right? Yeah. If you, white is like you go be a civil servant, black, you, you do back things out, right? So yeah. business is gray. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting yeah. it because yeah. because things could go either way. Correct. Right? After you work through it. Yeah. And because there is like windows of opportunities or like you no know, rooms of opportunity, that is where you have margins to play with, right? So that is where I I thought that that's business. Yeah. That's business. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, as the uh, I guess owner operator of of this space now, yeah. Um, operating it for a hundred others. Uh, what did you learn from like these landlords that? you were renting from because you said like you, it was the first time you had tenancy agreements correct. and things like this right and yeah. it, it scares the crap out of me yeah. uh having to think about signing a lease for you know one two years i don't know how long you had to sign for yeah. but w- what did you learn i thought that i was uh, in the events business right. that is where i realized that it's not quite already right that is where we are like a kind of like a real estate business so so at the, at the 3,000 square feet, right, where we were occupying at Lucky Plaza. Yeah. So one fine day, my master tenant come and tell me and say that, hey, you know what? Uh, we are giving up the lease already. You, if you want to continue staying, you probably have to deal with the landlord yourself. Mm, okay. So we're like quite shocked because we don't exactly need the entire 9,000 square feet at that point of time. Uh, but then we are being forced to explore with our landlord. Right. <laughs> so so within that 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 one, two years, that is where we really learn a lot, a lot, a lot from, from our landlord. I mean, although it's like tenant and landlord relationship, but um through that, that is where I engage them every week. Because to me it's like I don't know anything about tenancy. Right. And then to, to them, this is a fresh idea because the space is empty for two, three years, but somehow this guy come over, organize a flea market, and then it turns uh, surprisingly successful. So that's where they were saying that, hey, um, this is a new kind of business that we never learned before. Because they're in the real estate business for what, 30 years? Wow. Yeah, okay. so, so they never seen such a model before. So, so that is where uh, we, 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 we become like friends of sort. Like we, every weekend I have to visit the landlord's office and say that, hey, this is our concept. We are trying to do this. We're trying to do that. So every week you had to sell him on the idea again? Yes. Why? Yes. Didn't you, weren't you already signing the, the agreement? Yeah, so so then because we're not prepared to take a, oh, okay. a, a lease, right? And okay. then the landlord is like, who are you? That kind right. of thing, right? So so then we, we start to be very, very creative because we, we can't pay that security deposit. We can't pay that, that per square feet and stuff like that. Bootstrapped. We say that, yeah, bootstrapped, <laughs> right? So, so because it's like insane. So we say that, can we pay like, can we do like revenue sharing? 
I mean, since the space is like empty for like, what, three years already, we come in, we take 3,000 square feet and stuff like that. How about we do like revenue sharing and see how it goes. So to the to the landlords, uh, they were like traditional mindset one. Uh, and then they are like... Um, cannot, cannot. Yeah, they were like very, 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 very traditional. And uh, private landlords, they were saying, no, we never heard of such thing before. What about revenue share? For 30 years, I'm like, per square feet, uh, like this is $5, that's $20, this is $15, right? So what is this? Right, but then... Thankfully, thankfully, they are very, very supportive. They, they say, okay, let's, let's explore, right? You know, on the Fantastic. monthly basis, then it goes to yearly basis. Then as a typical landlord, they will say, mm, Kent, you're doing very, very well. Let me start charging you per square feet. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was after how many years? I think that's after one or one year. I think it's very, very, very fast. They were like, because they, they come down every weekend also to see your, your progress. Instead of 3,000 square feet, now you take 5,000 square feet. You take 6,000 square feet. Then you get, you know, it expands bigger and bigger. So that is when they say that, hey, uh, now it's time to charge you like per square feet. <laughs> they just want a, a more piece of the pie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I, I how do I put it? That is where I kind of like, because I was like in that space already, I understand the, the whole economics of it there's i understand where they're coming from mm-hmm. um then that is where we have to work with it work with our resources and work with the kind of like the rules of the game right right because uh, you like, you were almost the landlord yourself as well right correct. so you were learning from from them yeah and then taking a cut off of your your yeah. tenants or how did correct, that correct correct yeah? right so so that is where we know like, eh, um they, they rented me at this space so that means I, I have to rent my my kind of like my table at how much uh, per, per per weekend, right? One table, 50 bucks per weekend. Mm. You know, that kind of thing. So that is where I, that is business. That's business, right? Mm. You have overheads, you have like your running costs. Yeah. Then that is, you know how to calculate your margin, right? Sometimes that's how you form your business model, mm. right? So that's where I guess uh, we, I think we learn a lot, uh, learn a lot during that journey, right? Yeah, so it's still going on strong. Lucky Plaza is still happening? Yeah, I think it's our longest running business. Wow. Yeah, so so it's it's, it's still running. Uh but of course during this whole COVID, uh we are like there's there, there are struggles. Uh so we are learning how to, you know, innovate or like kind of like reposition ourselves. Yeah. And so right now Lucky Plaza is what three three thousand square feet still or you're uh, taking up more space? So I think over the years it's ups and down, right? So three thousand till nine thousand. Okay. And like I think three, four years ago we kind of like string to about five thousand square feet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so that is the kind of like the journey of, yeah. of Lucky Plaza. Of Lucky Plaza. And how yeah. much of it was actually planned? Like did you plan to pull it back to five thousand feet? Not feet? not really. Not really. Um that that, Why did you do it then? I think there's there's another set of problem when when we expanded to nine thousand square feet. Okay. You, you, you can you cannot like really there's really ups and downs. So it, we got too popular, right? So it, it get too crowded. Oh, okay. So that is where SCDF say that it, it's too crowded. So it, I don't know that is a problem also. I mean it's a good problem, but it turns out to be a you know fire hazard problem right. for SCDF. Right. So they say that it is too crowded. You have to come out with measures, you have to come out with, you know, protocols and, and, and procedures and stuff like that, right. right? So, which the unit is not supported in that way, right? It, it wasn't built for our kind of business. Mm. So, that is where our, our landlord offer us an alternative, right? Say that, hey, there's this 5,000 square feet that is within the rules of the game, right? SEDF uh, is compliant. Uh, do you want to shift? It's still at level 6, but it's at the other corner of Lucky Plaza. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So you, so it wasn't really planned, but you made it work. Yeah, I, I, I think along the way, it's, it's just, 
there's certain decisions to take, uh, be it whether you plan it or, or, or things happen. So you really have to work within your means to kind of like overcome it. Yeah, work within your means to, yeah. to overcome it. Okay, yeah. and that's a, that's a really good point because sometimes uh, people see an obstacle and uh, again, I mean, myself, I've, I've you know come across these hurdles and sometimes I'm thinking, is this going to stop me or like, what do I do here? You know, do, should I just completely stop or like you said, work work around it? Yeah. Or, um, you know, my manager one time told me, is it like, if someone puts a chair in front of you, you actually still have a couple of options to get through. You can either climb over it, you walk around it, or you actually lift it up yep. and you move it out of the way, right? right? So there's right. there's still multiple ways in, to get around it, which you obviously... Yes. So I guess that to me, every problem or every obstacle, or every setback, right, that, that we face, I think to me, it's like, if I can overcome it, does that mean that I get rewarded in that sense right so 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 it's kind of like so i'll give that give myself that task of that mission or that challenge to say if i can overcome it that means there are like maybe more incentive more rewards more opportunities some treasure yeah right some treasure so so that that give me that kind of like avenger like i i want to see what's behind that so that that gives me the motivation over this past like yeah, 10 years, right? To see what's behind. Right? Fantastic. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. It's, it's like playing a game, right? Yeah, yeah. So that is where I kind of like motivate myself to like try to overcome each and every hurdle along the way. Yeah, nice. So um, by the way, Lucky Plaza's um, on Orchard Road in, in Singapore. So if anybody comes to Singapore, uh, go to Orchard Road and visit Lucky Plaza level six. Level, level six, six um, you'll find uh, the flea market there as well. Um, okay, cool. So um, what's the name of the next big event that you decided to run then after this? So we got more and more ambitious, right? And then... Uh, Singapore Land Authority approached us and said that, hey, uh, there is this um, kind of like World War II railway station, Tanjong Baga railway station, TPRS, uh, is going to be closed down for the next 10 or 20 years, right? But then uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows it's closing down and it's like 10, 20 years later that you get to see Tanjong Baga railway station again, right? So, so they o- only open during public holidays. Right. Then SLA is like saying, do you want to activate the space? Mm-hmm. So to us, it's like, Hey, it's an interesting space at uh, Tanjong Bahru Railway Station. It reminds me of like Bangkok, that kind of night market setting. So that is where we say that, hey, I want to do a Thai, fantastic, a Thai railway market uh, over there, right? So we say that it's a, it's a marketing star now. We put it as this is the last market ever at Tanjong Bahru Railway Station. Come and visit us. Right. Right. First so, and last. Yeah, first and last. <laughs> so, so it's only happening on one day. Come down and visit. Right. Right. So so during then that is where uh, SLA say that you know typically a public holiday there's only like three to five thousand people visiting Tanjung Bahru Railway Station uh, on the PH. Right. So uh, help us boost that number and 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 see you know remind Singaporeans that hey this is the last time that you are visiting this Tanjung Bahru Railway Station. Mm-hmm. So to our surprise. Um, we piece everything together. So we say that, hey, uh, uh, we want to organize beyond just a flea market. So we have like artisan stores, we have some Thai stores, we get some retro appeal arcade machines, we mm. get some vintage cars, just to emulate the Bangkok night market setting. Right. right? So we kind of like, you know, these are some of the things that we know that we need to put together for. Yeah. Right. So in the end, the turnout was like 55,000 visitors in one single day. Uh, wow. Tabulated by... by SLA, yeah, fifty five thousand from three to four thousand. Yes, you got it to fifty five thousand. That's like Correct. what 
12 times or yeah, 11 times easily it's like insane the amount of crowd is like we even stop you know try to manage the crowd we just like <laughs> yeah, come come in come in come in you know it's like the flow is like insane we, we jam up all the road there's like traffic police LTA everybody just come down and just manage the, the crowd for us is it's really unexpected it's beyond our means already right? right so so inside there's a lot of a lot of issues we, we can't really manage the traffic outside and then yeah one day 55,000 visitors wow and what did you learn from causing such a commotion <laughs> I think it's like <laughs> insane it's like a lot of things is like I think food gets sold out from like as early as like 6 7 p.m so the event is 3 to 11 p.m right, right? and then food and, and and all the products and everything got sold out by 6 or 7 p.m uh -huh. so from like 7 p.m to 11 p.m everybody's like saying there's nothing here already there's no food to eat and everything so they were like complaining but then at the same time they're enjoying the whole whole vibe like, you know there's like uh, it's outdoor there's under the there's like movie under the stars there's a lot of these vintage vehicles parked over there yeah so i think they everybody enjoy themselves in a very very hot and squeezy way yeah i mean you caused such a jam like what did you get on the news you must have right i can't remember i think um channel 8 the news was there yeah they were there yeah to, 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 and like that is where i think it's one of the first few times that we get exposed to the media mm -hmm. that we know the importance right then that is where we kind of like build up again a lot more traction mm. on what our company can do it's not just a typical kind of like events or, or, or flea markets or artisan markets anymore right. right we are venturing into what we call it like a festival mm. and so the the news came and was that was that important for you to get your name out there yeah i think i think i think from there that is where we we gain even more popularity uh i i always believe in earned media of course and right. then uh that is where we know that there's certain traction uh that we managed to gain because uh ultimately that is where we receive a lot more inquiries right than like as compared to before right we have to back borrow still uh venues and locations from from landlords right till at a point that is where we realize that we have we stopped going to uh people for for venues or engagement mm -hmm. right so that was the time where i think 2014 2015 uh inquiries start to come in and and ever since then um thankfully of course thankfully for all the opportunities we have stopped going to clients it's mm. mostly usually clients and and collaborations come to us instead right uh, ever since 2014 2015. okay so if i was to take something away from that cause a traffic jam get the, get the news involved and then everyone will start come to me right <laughs> I, I i think it's at that point of time that i realized that i'm doing something i think unique uh we're onto something that's quite special yeah right uh it's nothing that we have seen is is in in the unique space of their own pop-up pop-up space pop-up activations yeah. i think that is where we managed to find our niche i think somehow right and and then that is where we know that we're onto something unique yeah. So so let me get this straight then. Obviously, you started with like small flea markets, started at Scape, and then you went to Lucky Plaza, and then you did this Thai-themed yeah. railway market at yeah. uh, Tanjong Pagar Railway Station. Yes. Railway Station. Yes. But through all this time, did you know that this is where you wanted to go? No. Not definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely not. Um, if 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 I like. 10 years already, right? This year, March, it was my 10 years anniversary. Um, I got to tell my, my, my team and, and I asked myself, would I, would I have known, right, uh, 10 years ago, uh, that, that myself, right, that was what, how old was I? 25, right? Uh, would I have known that I would build to this stage? Nah, impossible. 
impossible. Would never have known, right? Um, and and that's the I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship, right? Um, as long as you stay hyper focused, I think I think different path will open up to you, and it's up to you to choose that path that you want to go. So stay hyper focused. Yes. Don't get shiny ball syndrome. Yeah. Is that I, right? There's a lot of shiny objects along the way. Yeah. So it's really up to you to be not distracted and, and, and focus on the path that you want to take. But you didn't know what the path was. Yeah, of course. Of course not. Did you ever throw a dice or <laughs> flip a coin? Um, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Not to that extent yet. No, no. It's just... Um, I think this is the path. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's. So, I mean, a lot of research then uh, deciding on which path to take. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, okay. We to our best limited information, mm. calculated to our best calculated risk, right? To the best of our knowledge, mm-hmm. I think this is the path that we can take. Uh, I think this opportunity on the table should be uh, the best path mm. at that at that context to take. Then we take to yeah. move the company forward. Yes. And what is forward? To me. Right, uh, because back then events is very, very seasonal, very, very temporal, right? Obviously, as a business owner, I, I, I want more stability. I want to be able to pr- do projection. I want to be able to estimate, you know, what's my volume, right? So that is along the way, that's what we learn that because uh, I don't want to have uncertainty of like living on the weekly. I think at the start of the journey, it was like on the weekly basis where we think next week do what lah, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Right. Then after that we slowly grow. Next month do what? Mm. Then next three months do what? That's, yeah. that's how we slowly progress and say, what do we do next year? Yeah. Right. So that is how it, it doesn't come naturally like wow like wow like first day of entrepreneurship I say wow what do I want to do next year? Mm. I think I don't think things happen that way. Yeah. Right. I think it's slowly you will figure a way out and, and along the way there's like okay next week, next month, next three months. I think this is how you take all these small steps to eventually figure out what is your next big move. Mm. Yeah. So, so, yes, for everyone who's watching, maybe a, a hallmark of progress is how much further you're actually planning. Would you say that's true to a degree? True to a degree, yeah, yeah. True to a degree because um because you are so like I would call it experienced already uh in, in that like hey you already once you know how to plan the next week that means you know how to plan the next two weeks yeah. right that is how you slowly progress mm. forward and then that is where yes then that that's where you you say that you want to plan the whole next whole year I will believe you right or yeah. our people will believe me mm-hmm. right because I have planned my weekly my monthly my every three months my every six months now people will say that okay uh let's let's work something out with Invade next year right yeah. so they know that we already have that that steady plan of like projects you know activations things that we want to do mm. on the daily basis yeah. yeah okay that's great and so that that was what 2000 and that was about i think fif- yeah 15 16 that is where uh for for the thai market yeah yeah, so, time- yeah 14 15 yeah that period 14 15 yeah. okay so then what was next after that that was that's a one one off event right yeah what was what, what was next after that i i think that was the uh i would say that was a checkpoint actually okay right uh thai the uh, the thai tea market was a checkpoint of like the next big hurdle that we want to jump across mm-hmm. because um in 2017 that is where we have an opportunity so over that years right we were like 
wow, we are the we are the biggest, we are the most frequent, you know, we are the the, the one right to go to already, right? So so locally we are like okay, you know, we have certain foundation yep. that that we are very thankful for. Yeah. Then that is where um my team and I saw the news of like uh, a regional uh player is entering to Singapore. So to me it's like wow, that's the first time that I truly understand competition from overseas. Right. Okay. Right. Is that a local ma, local king, ma, you know, that kind of thing, right? Yes. So there's that Artbox Thailand right. announced that they are going into Singapore. Okay. And so, so sorry, just can you just explain to the audience what is Artbox exactly? So so Artbox is uh in, in Thailand is the largest container creative night market. It's it's a night market, but it's a creative night market. It's it's very, very popular. All Singaporeans have known if you go to Bangkok, you must visit Artbox. Thailand, Outbox Bangkok, right? And and they have been growing in, in from strength to strength uh, from uh, 2015 to 2017, right? So they, they were growing very, very strong, right? So that is on in like back in 2017, that is, I realized that they announced that Outbox Bangkok is coming to Singapore. And that made you quiver in your shoes? Oh, like, wow, stress out. <laughs> like, wow, what is this? It's but like, why, why is it so, was it so stressful? <laughs> A lot, a lot of layers. It's to, to me, it's like, um, okay, so does that mean that, um, I mean, obviously people prefer something overseas, but I mean, we are sophisticated. <laughs> we like anything that's oh, overseas, wow, that, that, that market is coming there. You know, yep. usually, like, I don't blame ourselves, right? So we, we would usually like things that's like, you know, foreign and, and new and interesting, right? Yep. So so that is where, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of many layers. And also, how about my landlords, my stakeholders, they're saying, ah, yeah, why why go to invade? There's a there's a regional player coming in. So, so, that, so that many thoughts run through my mind like mad, you know, and I was in yeah, so I was in my bathroom. I was like, wow, stress are uh, damn stress, uh, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so th- so that is where I got quite worried. And then my team and I was like, you know, let's 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 try to talk to them and see how it goes. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like what's there to lose, right? I mean True. if you can't beat them as well, join them, right? So right. so that was the, the 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 mentality that we had, right? So let's join them. It's like maybe we can, you know, introduce some of our local retailers to, to join them. So that was the intention. Mm. Right. And and anyway we were already planning a trip to Bangkok to do some study uh, mm-hmm. study trips. So we said, hey, why don't we pay them a visit to to, to Abox Bangkok, right? The, yeah. the team over there and see, you know, is there any rooms or opportunities? Yeah. Okay. And so, what actually happened when did you manage to get to speak to them? Uh, so it it wasn't easy because uh again uh they, they speak in Thai right? so uh, so yeah, so then then so we were texting and then then they were like okay um uh finally we managed to secure a meeting right right then after that we were saying that hey uh we saw that you know unbox so we try to talk as slow and it's like simple English as much as possible right because we like you know like. One chicken, one duck. I don't know how to talk to the same language, right? So, so we're like saying like, um, okay, uh, we are from Singapore. So we saw that you know, Outbox Bangkok is coming to Singapore. So we really like the idea a lot. We we love it. We're excited. Uh, is there any ways that we can come together for? Did you show them that you had done a already done a Thai themed railway station here and there, okay, here and there? Yeah, but okay. I don't know how much they understand. Right? Okay. Yeah, but then it's through our body language. It's through our experience. It's through our knowledge. Then they come to, uh, then we talk for, I think the first session we talked to three hours. Wow. Yeah, because they were saying that, uh, because we already have some like ideas, because like people are saying, hey, do you know Outbox Bangkok is coming to Singapore? We have some stakeholders like the landlords and like URA especially are saying that, hey, can't, um, 
do you know this event is coming to Singapore? Are you are you related? Because they thought that I organized a Thai tea market, so right, okay. they thought that I have some 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 links. So I said, no, I don't know. Then then there was URA was saying that, uh, please let them know that the venue is not confirmed. The right. dates are not confirmed, but they announced it. So it's a huge kind of like PR crisis. Please let the the Bangkok team know that nothing is confirmed. Wow. So okay. but then yet they announced themselves, right? Okay. So so we were like, oh okay okay. Now my let us let us try to talk to the Bangkok team and. and, and but at this out. time you weren't actually working with them yet. No no. Oh wow. Uh, we we don't know. So we we were like, we just know that there's this problem. Yes. We just want to share with them that there's okay. this problem. Okay. Right. So we just want to know what what's going on because right. our intention is like I just want to recommend some stores with you. So naturally yes. I was also want to know the dates and the the venue. I see. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. So so in the end they were shocked that they didn't. They, they it's like, eh, uh, you mean the venue is not confirmed? But our local partner is like saying that it's confirmed. You know things are going on. Yeah. We already have the dates. We already have the venue. Yeah. Right. So so that is where we're like, okay. Uh, no, like it's not. We we told them right. So then that is where they know that hey, um, uh, we are with the intention of like trying to help. They were saying that why don't you be the Co-organizer. So fast, fa- fast forward three hours or however ever yeah. meetings they managed to you managed to secure the, I guess would you call it a contractor type of role or local local representation a co-partner, co-partner I think it's a, yeah a partnership kind of role awesome yeah yeah three three hours into it because we were saying that you know the venue is not confirmed we know the URA people I mean we show them emails and say that this is not confirmed yeah everything so then they say that okay uh why don't you like partner up and try yeah yeah so I was like okay so back then that was February right. Yeah, and then the event is in May, right? right? So so we were like, uh, that's it's quite. That's only three months. Yeah, that's only three months, and it's very very rush. So we were like saying, okay, let's 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 try, let's try, right? So so then once they appoint us as the co-organizer for for Artbox Singapore, yeah, that is where we go to URA and say that hey, um, uh, we are the co-organizer now. Um, let's let's arrange and see what's the next next step moving forward right okay so so you managed to i'm assuming you managed to to sort out that date issue then what was the what was the next i guess problem because it sounds like there's there's a comedy of errors that are happening here yeah yeah so there's there's a lot of like things going on at the same time yeah so i think the first hurdle was you are to us that the the venue and the dates are not available at all yeah. right so so it got pushed forward to april instead 2017 okay. Okay. To, to, to organize Artbox Singapore. Yep. So we're like, wow, from Chinese New Year in, in, in February, yep. we only left, left, left less than 60 days to organize um, Artbox Singapore. So of course, being the first one, we, we first Artbox in Singapore, we don't know the scale. La. We also don't know how crazy it can be, la, right? So we just know that it's a bit short for event. That's all we know, right? It's a bit short for a, a 200 stores event, right? Or a 100 over stores event, right? So we just know that it's a bit tight. So, but of course, we don't know what's coming next, la, right? Yeah. So because we, because it's the first one, right? So to us, it's like, okay, la, then do, la, try, la, right? That's just, just do. chong, la, right? Because um, not as if um, uh, we have an option, right? We already agreed, you know, our box, Bangkok is like already announced the whole whole PR is like running around crazy already. There's a lot of media articles that say that Artbox uh, is entering into Singapore. So from three months to two months, I can imagine that the organization, the logistics for this would have gone absolutely ballistic. Yeah. What was, and I'm assuming here, right? What was the first thing that went wrong? Um, I, I, I think it's more of the PR message Okay. Right, so everybody still thought that it's in May, right? So how do we fix that? 
mm-hmm. right? So that is where we have like PR agency writing to us, uh, saying that hey, uh, we saw that there's this major event going on, and we saw that you are the co-organizer. Do you want to engage our service? So for the first time, we were like, oh, there's such thing called PR, PR agency, <laughs> yeah. and and then um, there's such thing called crisis communication and and, and media relations. Okay. So we're like, okay lah, uh, we don't mind exploring. So it turns out that that is the most important decisions of our life. Having a PR agency is so important uh, to manage uh, for our kind of like our festival. Uh, mm. I, I think it's a, one of the first few s- step that thankfully we got it right. Uh, right. We engage them. Uh, they are very, very supportive. And then they will say that, okay, let us, because it's already ongoing, right? Yep. Let us go to these 100 media articles and mm. correct the information for you. I see. Uh, to, not even to try to, oh, what press release, uh, fact sheets and everything. The, their first job is to correct, correct the, these the, 100 media articles that's already floating outside. I see, I see. Okay. Yeah. So then fast forward to the actual event, right? Uh, how many stores did you say there were? I, I think there's about 200 over, 200 over stores. 200 stores. Yeah. And this is a mixture of? Thai, uh, Thai, Thailand stores as well as our local stores. There's some even Malaysia stores that also join us. Okay, yeah. and like like mixture of like like art and craft. Arts, craft, food, uh, services, many curry culture, everything is wide range of like micro retailers uh, at Artbox. And so all of them, I mean, did you have the same issue as you know you had in Lucky Plaza where people were complaining about their space and their yeah, store? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot, plenty of issues. I think the, the second hurdle that um, came to our attention is food store license. Okay. So, so I think back then there was like, um, you know, trade fair. You need to have a trade fair right. to organize an event, right? And turns out that our trade fair is not approved even 24 hours before Unbox. Right. Okay. So, so it was like a, a, a major like critical point that was like, we don't even have our trade fair, right? So what do we do, right? And stuff like that. So 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 that is that got us like, again, the second panic mode, like, like um, can, like we keep reaching out to NEA, back then was NEA, right? So like, can, can we get our trade fair license? Yep. The food store license is uh, for all the food stores. It's not ready yet uh, as well. No, that, that was the second critical issues that happened. Okay, and so you managed to get the food store license though, right? Um, so I think for trade fair license, we only got it one hour before Unbox start. Right. Yeah. One hour before the, the, the event? Yeah. And, and But... All, all these stores that you had yeah. sold space to, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, how how would they know whether or not they're actually able to to operate, so, right? Because so, I'm assuming again, like these people would know they need some sort of a agreement uh, before they can start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and you can't confirm with them, or you didn't, right? You couldn't have until yeah. an hour before. Sorry. What was the the crisis management that you would have gone through there? So. Because we already have the venue, right? From URA, right? We got the venue. It's just the the permit to operate, right? Yeah. So thankfully, we got the trade fair to yeah. operate the event. Yes. Then comes down to the food store license, right? Right. So oh, because there were a lot of incomplete information, so there were a lot of food stores that didn't manage to get their you know license and and whatnot, right? Okay. So that is where we have to like, you know, negotiate with the NEA and say that you know what, uh, let the show goes on, uh, let us thank. Let us like kind of like say that we bear the penalties. Uh, we you, want you wanted show- to bear the penalties. Yeah, we we told we told any is like it can't be helped. The show must go on. The the retailers must must continue selling because in the end the turnout was insane. It's like close to hundred thousand visitors on day one. Uh, the first time you held the event. Yeah, at the first time, first, first unbox. Year. 
day one. Wow. Yeah, 100,000 visitors. 2016, was it? 2017. 2017. Yeah, so, so we were like, how do we stop the event, right? How do we stop the food store license from operating? So that is where we make the really hard decision to say that, you know, all the fines, all the penalties, we kind of like, we, we bear it, right? And are you happy you made that decision? Uh, I, I think so. I guess so. I mean, as, as the organizer, I think it's our duty, right? The show must go on, mm. right? So that, 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 that is where we make the hard decision and say, yeah, let's do it. Right? Like I say, business is always in the gray area. Yeah. 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 Okay. And did the food store owners and all the, all the other operators, did they know of this problem? They, they know. They so knew. at the day one, they were like, they, they were like, of course, they're angry. They were saying, say, what do you mean by I don't have a food store license? You know, I submit all the information already. But a lot of them are first timer. Yeah. They didn't really submit full information to us, right? Mm. But it's but doesn't matter, right? We apply for them right. uh, and stuff like that. So so but at the end of the journey, once they find out that, you know, we're going to bear the penalty, the, the crowd was insane. There's a lot of businesses for all of them. They kind of like they I think they appreciate the what we did. Yeah. What we did. And then at the end of the six days event, I think we had uh, kind of like a red carpet. I don't know what you call that. Everybody clapped because it was like a standing ovation kind of thing. Yes, it was like a toughest, toughest journey ever uh, to to make our box happen. I mean, back then again, we didn't know how big it could have like gotten, and yeah. then when we realized it's all too late, we have like hundred thousand visitors visiting the, the 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 venue. Even the authorities are caught off guard. Everybody is caught off guard. Right. For the second time now, you've done this. Yeah, now, now, now <laughs> it's third time, right? Uh, last year was our third edition already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. No, what I meant was the uh, second time you created such a commotion. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, the railway and then this. Yes, yes. So, so, so yeah, so by the way, we're thankful. We're thankful for the yeah. opportunities. And would you say that, I mean, I mean, it sounds like you taking on that responsibility was was quite important and the um, the operators were, were thankful of that as well, right? And yeah. that just makes me think of, you know, my my uh, one of my old managers used to say like, "Don't bite the hand that feeds you," okay. right? Yeah. And I mean, is that kind of like a good way to sum it up? Because you I mean they're the ones who are actually paying paying you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yes, in, in in that way. And but then along the way, we kind of like lost ourselves, right? Because we we keep organizing bigger and bigger shows right right and then at that point of time it's our focus to make sure the show goes on mm-hmm. and we kind of like lost track of who are who are our customers right right which is all these store storeholders and store owners right right so we just know that we need to put up a good show uh we need to make sure the landlords are happy with us and stuff like that but we kind of like we neglected yeah. Our the other group of stakeholders, which is our vendors and our retailers and our you know our F and B business owners and stuff like that. So you were focused on like creating a good event for the participants and the people who are going, but yeah. you neglected the other side of the Correct. equation. Correct. Correct. So what did you do to kind of fix this? I think it's more like a I don't know Chinese saying a whole It's more like a realize it only like maybe from twenty seventeen to twenty uh, it's just last year right. that we start to like Actually, our our real customer, who are our real customers, right? It's actually all these creative businesses, retailers, F and B uh, operators, right? That really join us over the past nine years, right? Last year, nine mm. years, uh, supported us along the way, right? So, yeah. so, so that was the kind of like the the forgotten kind of audience or stakeholders. So that's why, like this year, 
at the at the start of the January, that is where we know that hey, our real customers is our our retail businesses, our FMB brands. You know, let's talk to them, let's reach out to them, let's find out what they really really need and really really wants, mm-hmm. and then let's build our business revolving our our customers. Yeah, so would you say that the the actual customers are the ones who, like you said, the the um, creatives? Um, the vendors, those yeah. are your actual customers. Yes. And do you believe that if you take care of them, the other side will just automatically kind yeah. of... Yeah, yeah. I, I think that is very, very important. I mean, regardless of, you know, what's the what's the perks or rewards or after... Or I, I think it's first and foremost, we we want to recognize our, our brands, our vendors, our creatives, our vend- attendants and, and retailers, right? And then uh, let's do, do, do it right. Mm. Right, so so find out what's their problems, what's the issue that they faced, and then you know let's try to help them, right? Or try mm. to find uh, solutions, create solutions that will help our primary stakeholders, which is mm. our 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 tenants and our retailers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then so even if you had to do it all over again, would you do anything differently? Ten years now, ten years on, would you in in just about two or three sentences, if you had to do it all over again, would you change anything? Um, I don't think so i think every path we take is a learning journey right um you you will never know which 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 path you end up with right if 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 we i think where we reach at this stage right it's based on the path that we have taken right so i, I don't think i will take it differently i think i'm still at the journey of like learning and finding out and exploring continue to venture and build like more more I would say important solutions to serve our primary audience. I think uh, our stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And um, to cap off this episode, then of CEOs confess, I just want you to take 30, 30 seconds to think, dig deep, okay, um, and then share directly with the audience. Right, what you confess to be the number one factor to your success and why 30 seconds to think okay 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 yeah Yeah. i I think i have something yeah so um so to everyone that's out there right i mean try to explore entrepreneurship right i think entrepreneurship is all about having the kind of the team right because you, there's how, how do I put it? You can't do everything yourself and alone. Having the team supports you emotionally, mentally, strategically, right? Having that kind of teamwork, um, then things can happen, right? If you want to run fast, you go alone. But if you want to grow together, you know, then you need to have a very very important uh, support from your friends or family. Uh, even my parents, right, and 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 then having the good team, uh, will will make you work further than you can ever imagine. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Kent. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you, it. Had a great time. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, you made it to the end of the video. Now, I hope you found that insightful and entertaining because I know I did when I conducted the interview. Now, if you haven't done so already, we also exist on Facebook and LinkedIn. So do try and find our page and give us a follow so that you can keep up to date with anything new that's 
happening with us. Um, and until you see us in the next video or see me in the next video, I hope you have a great day and I wish you the best. Jikoi out. Peace.